I would like to give thanks to the ancestors, known and unknown, those who have paved the way for us to survive this moment of time and to have a reference point to use as a blueprint to deal with these hellish times we are living in. I would also like to give honor and reverence to the woman of the universe for your superior work, for bringing forth the spiritual information through the triple stage of darkness of your womb and giving birth to God. We would like to give reverence to the universe and praises to the indigenous. My name is Raheem Shabazz, and this is Necessary Blackness Podcast. Necessary Blackness Podcast, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. with award-winning journalist and filmmaker Raheem Shabazz. This podcast is only for those who are unapologetic because the mind of the conscious man or woman recognizes no monopoly on truth. Truth is relative and always to be sought. Elementary Genocide provides a critical expose of mass incarceration, the war on drugs, and the connection between slavery, capitalism, and the prison industrial complex. Visit our website at www.elementarygenocide.com. Now available, Elementary Genocide, the school to prison pipeline. Elementary Genocide 2, the Board of Education versus the Board of Incarceration. And the newest release, Elementary Genocide 3, Academic Holocaust. Log on today to purchase your very own three-set docuseries. Peace and Black Power family, this is your host, Raheem Shabazz, and I am here with the real black atheist, Unk, Armin Rod Squad, and we are going to have a very live discussion how are you, brother, Unk? Hey, I'm here, man. Black African Power family, man. Y'all already know what it is, man. What's good with you right now? I'm just maintaining, enjoying the moment. In the last two days, I have been fortunate enough to be in the presence of the real black atheists. Actually, we was at event watching brother Unk, as well as our great Grandmaster teacher James Small do a presentation. And then today I had the pleasure again hanging out with the brother. So today's podcast is a very monumental moment when you get to hang out with the Arm and Rod squad. So we're going to get right into it and we're not going to waste no time. Why do they call you? The black atheist. Yeah, well, really, you know what I'm saying? They call me the, uh, most people make, make that mistake and uh, call me an atheist or just a black atheist. And that's two different things. Um, what I did was I uh, created a situation, a paradigm, because that's what African people do. And I call that paradigm the real black atheism. A real black atheism uh, was put together by me uh, with over uh, 17 years of study. I recognized that the community needed a force of information that would push them out of Islam, Christianity, and Judaism and put them back into the mind of an African-centered person. I realized right off the rip that the elders like Dr. Ben, John Jackson, John Jackson James Smalls, and a host of others, uh, for some reason, they just didn't believe in God. You know what I'm saying? So I had to really investigate that, and I had to really realize what they was really talking about. Now, they wouldn't come right off and say it off the top, right? So I had to uh, shift through the information, and then I recognized what they were saying, that the paradigm that was in Africa that would explain ideas and concepts coming out of their, coming out of their ecology okay, was based off of nature. 
And anything you felt like you was going to worship, it should be based in nature. So the Africans created a nature god. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to create a situation that was atheos, anti-Greek god, right? Anti-the establishment that brought us over here. And so the first thing I had to recognize was that God is a mind-controlled peace orchestrated by those who wanted the resources of African people. So, you know, I just developed a system that went against that. And so I was figuring that everybody was going to be down with it. You know what I'm saying? Being as though uh, it was uh, Christianity uh, that, that enslaved us. And I talk about that in that lecture I did. I told him how um, Pope Alexander VI wrote a papist bull. This is during the age of discovery. Um, and the papist bull stated that um, any land that you find that does not have a Christian monarch, you can enslave them, infidels, and bring them to Christ. Okay, so of course the Africans wasn't practicing Christianity. Um, when those Europeans came through. Of course, they didn't have Christian leadership. Of course, they didn't. And so they enslaved those brothers and sisters. And so if you're a sucker, then you're going to follow that. You know, so Christians are key players in the role of enslavement of African people. The Muslims do the same thing. Okay, so I wanted a system that would make you anti those people. So I was thinking, that, like I said, everybody was going to be down. But at the end of the day, man, most people can't get rid of the European idea and concept of God. Because that's all God is. It's an idea and a concept created by people. Brother Ankh, a.k.a. the God killer, the real atheist, dropping that heat. This is Necessary Blackness, and I'm your host, Raheem Shabazz. And we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. Persons interested in broadcasting a commercial can reach us via email at necessaryblacknesspodcast at gmail.com. Necessary Blackness is distributed on all major podcast platforms. iTunes, Stitcher, iHeart, SoundCloud, Podomatic, and Google Play. We'll also promote your business and product across our various social media networks, reaching over 100,000 people daily. Tune in for the drop. I am Dr. Kira Taylor, and when I'm tired of listening to fake news, I will listen to some real news, and I will check into the Necessary Blackness Podcast with my friend Raheem Shabazz. Raheem Shabazz is one of my guys from way back, and you're now listening to his show, Necessary Blackness Podcast. Stay tuned. This is a cool of Cultivated Roots Media, and I choose to tune in to Necessary Blackness because staying connected to my blackness is very necessary. Peace. This is Prince Culture Law, and I stay tuned into Necessary Blackness Podcast with Raheem Shabazz. Peace and power. This is E Reporting Live, and you're tuned in to Necessary Blackness with my boy Raheem Shabazz. Yeah, this is Professor Ed Garns, founder of the wonderful From Afros to Shell Toes and Sweet Tea Ethics. When I am not spreading liberation theology throughout my classrooms as an African-centered therapist, I am chilling with my homie, Raheem Shabazz, on the Necessary Blackness Podcast. It's essential. Hey, what's going on, man? It's Arthur Emma Henry here. Whenever I want to get the latest on politics, social life issues facing our black community, I tune in to Necessary Blackness with Raheem Shabazz. This is Shalee. When I'm not in the gym, I'm checking my son out on his podcast each and every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Make sure you check out Raheem Shabazz. Peace and blessings, beautiful people. This is your girl, Ashton Brianna. Just wanted to get out here and let you know that... Whatever you're doing, no matter where you are on Wednesday nights, you can tune into Necessary Blackness, the podcast. Check us out on iTunes, Google Play, uh, where else? Anywhere. And you get to listen to me. So why not? Necessary Blackness. 
Wednesdays. Hey guys, this is Evan A.G. of Having My Say Radio. When I'm not having my own say on my radio show every Monday from 9 to 11 p.m. on Love 860, I am tuned in to the Necessary Blackness podcast with Raheem Shabazz. This is Chi-Town's finest, Khadidra, and when I'm relaxing, I enjoy listening to Necessary Blackness podcast with Raheem Shabazz. Yo, this is Cambino, and when I'm riding down Stony, all I listen to is Necessary Blackness podcast with my guy Raheem Shabazz. Peace. This is Zaza Ali. And when I am not studying the science of the universe and the laws of creation, I am listening to the big homie Raheem Shabazz on Necessary Blackness. Make sure you support. Peace. Yo, that's what I'm talking about, man. You'll hear it here first. (laughs) Now our feature presentation. When I think about the Armin Ross squad, I correlate it to hip hop. And I look at the Armin Ross squad as a super group. Now, I know there's many different components of the Armin Ross squad. I want you to briefly explain to those who don't know who the Armin Ross squad is. Tell us who they are and why is it necessary to have a squad of this magnitude? Yeah, that's a great question, man. I understood early on uh, that we need to fill the shoes of the ancestors like um, John Henry Clark, uh, Dr. Ben. Okay, um, got Theophile Banger, she got the Diops, uh, Theophile Banger, um, he's an elder. Diops is an ancestor. And I realized there was a gap because we started to get, in, get into information that people like Phil Valentine, Delbert Blair, Malachi York, and just those people that was teaching the new age information, right? They was teaching this information that was really coming uh, strictly from white people that really couldn't make it in the real world of information. And it was a gap between those who had their real homework, right, and those who just was uh, basically mimicking, you know, white people information. And so I realized, man, I needed to put together a team of dedicated scholars that had different areas of study that could really attack the issue of who we were as African people, because I've always felt like it was about nation building. Right. And to build a nation, you got to be prepared and you got to you got to you got to understand uh, paleontology, archaeology, you know what I'm saying, biology. Uh, these are the things we do. We study so that we can build a nation and know who, who we are and where we came from. You know, I get this from Dr. Ben. This this is the study and this is the level. So the Amara Squad, right, was put together so that we could be the vanguards of information being presented, you know, to the family. You know, it's important to have people like that. And, and, and the thing worked. So it's brothers and sisters dedicated to uplifting excellence, right, in the community. And we was designed to go against white academia. All right? Not to really beat up on the community, but the community just keep getting in the fucking way. All right? Let us do what we do, and we're going to do it well. So that's basically who it is. So you want me to name some of the team? Absolutely. All right? We got uh, the Magi. All right? Brother Jonathan Owens. Uh, Magi is a team he developed. Magi was really uh, uh, the army of the Nubian, I mean, uh, of, of Kemet. All right, we got uh, Sinjeti. Uh, he's a translator, Metanetra scholar. All right, we got Wuja. He started the, Mon- the Shashu Mani Metanetra squad. Dedicated team of translators, young brothers and sisters, serious. All right, uh, we got Sister Naya, Voices of Fire. 
Uh, she deals with psychology. Sir, your sister. All right, we got Brother Ben. Okay, Black Panther. Uh, man, he just got his master's degree, and he's dedicated to tradition, traditional um, African custom and tradition and religion. And you know, then it's me. You know, my, my field study is uh, archaeology and paleontology and, and uh, Stone Age cultures, Stone Age African cultures. Um, I think I talked about Asahutep. Yep, Asahutep. Um, he's a linguist. Excellent. Part excellent. Um, he started the Mocha University. And so we come together to form this monster squad. You know what I'm saying? And, and it is what it is, man. So like I say all the time, individuals will win your game. But a team going to win you the championship. And that's how you get a championship ring, by having a winning squad. Now, my next question to you is, is there a rigorous study or program one must undergo, like, initiation process? Like, if it was, like, the mystery school system. Like, I know there's probably individuals that probably want to know what does it take to be an Armour Squad member. Well, I, I almost left out. Um, when, when I talked about um, Black Panther, man, um, there's also the, the Masi clan warriors. All right? All right, that's just straight uh, West African uh, tradition. Now, the question was, um, is there a way to get in? Yeah, the only way you can get in the squad <laughs> is you have to actually come in and defeat the team on certain information. You got to bring new information that defeats some of the information that we got. It's the only way you can get in. There's no other way to get in. Your work got to be better. Plain and simple. You mentioned Stone Age African culture. Can you tell us a little more about that? Uh, cultures that exist in the Stone Age. All right. Uh, you got Paleolithic, ne uh, Neolithic, all right, and then the Stone Age. So say, for instance, uh, we talk the Stone Age, we're talking about tools, building tools, signs of technology in the Stone Age, and you're using stone tools. And so African people was the first on planet Earth to develop and maintain Stone Age uh, technology. So we, so, so we have recorded these cultures. Um, we can go down to Pinnacle Point at around maybe 100, uh, 170,000 years, 160,000 years, uh, during uh, what, a glacial stage period. And you'll find these Africans uh, near Pinnacle Point, which is in South Africa. So they migrate all the way down from Ethiopia. All right, they, they're searching for food, and they get to the point, uh, Pinnacle Point, and they started. Uh, matter of fact, uh, archaeology around the planet at about 160,000 years shows that there aren't any humans on planet Earth. Just there, just those pocket of Africans. We call these the seed people. Um, it's a serious study, and basically what they did was they started taking taking advantage of the marine resources. So they ate what shellfish. They were shellfish eaters. So you got to have technology to open up the shellfish. All right. They was also uh, um, technicians as far as dealing with the chemistry, like uh, mixing certain things together, certain uh, egg yolks, mixing with certain like iron okra to, to, to reach certain colors. And they was painting themselves. Uh, and we started realizing that they, they, they understood the lunar cycles. And so they was painting themselves red to remind... Uh, to stay in, let me see, to stay in harmony with the women's cycle. And you know, the, the women's menstrual cycle is red. And so they painted themselves red. They used the iron ochre that was red 
paint themselves red to reminding them that. Now, why was that important? Because a lot of times the women's menstrual cycle, right, will coalesce with the moon cycles. Now, we know that the moon cycles have effect on the tides. And so at low tide, right, that's the signal. When the women's menstrual cycle come on, when the moon cycle change, that's the signal that the tide, the low tide is in. Now, when the low tide is in, now the, the, the seashore is exposed. Now we can go get certain grubs. We can get uh, um, certain shellfish. Now we can eat. You can't miss this. You can't miss this period because it's about food, clothing, and shelter. And, and, and it was a ritual. So your ritual should be based around your food, your clothing, and your shelter, and your protection. So that was a ritual. These days, we do rituals that is not tied to nothing. We do rituals that's, that is tied to our oppression, that's tied to our kidnapping, which is foolery. And so we, at, we sit at a time now where we can develop you know, rituals, okay, based around our survivability, based around our economic uh, um, dominance. You know, we should do that. And that's what African people did from 160,000 years. So, you know, that, that's a Stone Age culture that actually gave birth uh, to the rest of humanity right there. Because everything got wiped out except those brothers and sisters. You mentioned that we do rituals that do not amount to nothing. Nowadays, that seems to be the norm. And it's considered like new age information, pseudoscience. Now, I know that the Armin Raw squad is against pseudoscience. So tell us, what are some of the things that's pseudoscience that brothers have to stop propagating? And why do you consider it pseudoscience? Well, okay, so I was talking about this gap that needed to be filled. Um, when I talked about the Deborah Blaz, the Bobby Hemmings, the Phil Valentines, the Malachi York. They use pseudoscience. We're like last on the totem pole. Most functioning communities have always dealt with this. They've dealt with pseudoscience. Pseudoscience is simply science that looks like science, but is not science. Okay, this is, this is the point here. And so science and pseudoscience cannot exist in the same container. One, you got to get rid of one. The space is not large enough for both. They will always be in conflict. And so we have taken on the role. Right, I've coined the word pseudo, okay, or pseudoscience, that which looks like science and is not science. All right, so it's so so. Let me give you some of the things in pseudoscience: the chakras. All right, there's no scientific evidence that the chakras do anything. Not to mention, chakras uh, absolutely have nothing to do with African custom and African traditions. Okay, crystals. Uh, what else we got? We got the melanin. Okay, they had the melanin conference. Dealing with your melanin, giving you superpowers. You know, the whole the, the, the pineal gland, the third eye. You know what I mean? All these things we use and we covered it. Okay, all these things are actually pseudoscience. Um, astrology. You know, when people claim to be able to match up your birth date with certain events and stuff like that, this is all pseudoscience and we'll do our function community harm. And so it's important to build a strong tradition again based off of real science, not pseudoscience. So if you're on the Sahara or if you're on Pinnacle Point at 160,000 years, if you had individuals in the community practicing pseudoscience, thinking that the oyster shells that they just got got some kind of superpowers and we can shake them together and things are going to change, I mean, we would have to get rid of that person. 
All right? Absolutely, because now we dying. Now the kids ain't got no food. Okay? Now we starving. And you had an idea that was raggedy. Okay? So science always rules the day. Even those who talk about us who deal with science and technology, right? They still will get in a car, which is science and technology. They still will be in a house, which is science and technology. They still will cook food, which is science and technology. So these people at 160,000 years, yo, they created fire. And they created fire and maintained a certain temperature so that they could melt the rock down enough to shape and inform it. This is technology and science. This is controlling heat. So everybody that talk crazy about science is the white man's science. Man, they, at the end of the day, they succumb to science. The only reason that the Europeans was actually able to come into Africa, right? First of all, you had the Uncle Tom Arabs came in because they went to inner Africa, right? They went to inner Africa, okay, uh, to the hotter areas where the Europeans couldn't go, right? Pulled us out. But they had better technology like the gun, okay, you know, gunpowder. Uh, they, they had these intercontinental ships. You feel me? So it was science and technology, you know what I'm saying, that defeated us at the end of the day. But that's okay. We can admit that because we led the world in science and technology. For the first two million years of humans' existence, Africa led the way in science and technology. But you got to be able to admit that. You know, that's like a drug addict. For this drug addict to get better, the first thing he got to admit is that he has a problem. And he's willing to admit that he has a problem. And once you admit you have a problem, then you can face that problem head on. So until we admit, right, that, that we're not doing as well as we should be doing in the fields of science and technology, until we can admit that, we'll never be able to push our community forward. Now, you know you just created a lot of controversy, right? All right. Now... I can agree with a lot what you said, right? But as far as the third eye and astrology, you mean to tell me that you don't believe that there's no science in astrology? No, man. Y'all can just look that up. Y'all can Google that and, and do the history of uh, astrology. Uh, the Africans, and I'm talking about the Nubians, uh, they, they did astronomy, the study of the stars. Where they, where they create those star circles at Napata Player. Look it up. Right around about 6,000 BCE, you'll find these stone structures that are aligned with the star system. So our ancestors studied the cosmos, the movement, and the marking of time. This is the same thing NASA do right now with the satellite systems. So you got African temples oriented to the stars. How do you do that? You do that because you have mastered math and science. You know what I'm saying? So astrology... You know, humming, 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 and just making it up. That's not what the Africans did. And this is what the pseudo does. He mixed custom and tradition from other people, right, and claimed we are the authors of it. No, we were the authors of real science, real technology. You do not build a pyramid, okay, without uh, 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 math, geometry, building. You know, your first masons were the first people that built in stone. You do not build temples without that. You know what I'm saying? So we got, we, like, like you got the sister, Shashu. Her name means science. And she's with the pulling of the rope ceremony. And she's with her husband, Tahuti. And before they built the temple, the sister's out there doing a land survey. This is math and science. You got uh, uh, Thales from Malay. All right? He studies in Kemet. He learns about these surveying techniques. He goes back to Ionia, and he opens up the first uh, 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 branch of science for them, for the Greeks. First school of science. Okay, you know, he he gave birth to um, Aristotle, 
Plato's, Socrates. They were, they, they were his students, right? And guess what? And so they was trying to teach a natural information now. They wasn't wanting to philosophize. So when they came back with this information, right, the Greeks looked down like they was crazy. Like, really? Where you get that from? And they called them atheists. Those who go against the state-sponsored religion. So what did they go against the state-sponsored religion with? They went against the state-sponsored religion, right, with African science. So whenever you practice African science, they will always call you an atheist. I say, well, hell, I'm not an atheist. I'm a real black atheist. I'm dedicated to the struggle of African people and letting the world know, right, that we are the authors of science. It's in the name. And not to mention we're also the authors of the scientific method. Okay, so you go to the um, Edward Smith uh, medical papyrus, and you'll see where it talks about uh, the correct way, the correct method of studying nature to learn all the mysteries. So the only way you can learn the mysteries of Mother Nature, and that's the, that's the study. And the study of nature is called science. So I understand we all sucked up into religion. I get it. I know we hate white people. That's what you say, but yet you do everything white. So if you want to measure the level and your commitment to racism, white supremacy, I suggest everybody go look at your closet. Your closet will absolutely show you what's your level of commitment to racism, white supremacy. Look in your refrigerator. It's easy. And so I just, I, you know, I want to kind of slow that point down a little bit and go back to science and how the science went against the state-sponsored religion. So I'm a real black atheist, and I'm against the state-sponsored religion. What's the state-sponsored religion? Islam, Christianity, and Judaism. I thought everybody was going to be on my page. They threw bananas at me, bro. <laughs> to this day, people will argue that, you know what, because now I'm starting to mess up people's money now. Because now I'm raw squad is giving people tools. What are the tools? The tools are methodology. Once a community learns methodology, they will be able to determine science from pseudoscience. We call it scientific literacy. Now... I have to be honest. I was almost giving me to throw some bananas at you. I, I I was a I was a little misunderstood when you was talking about astrology and astronomy. So you cleared that point up, and you definitely made some valid points. Now I want to go in another route. Now today I had the privilege of hanging out with you, and we went out to Latonia. And we went to the Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore. I want you to tell people about this cultural center, bookstore, what phases of development you're in, and why it's important for the community to come out and support. Well, you know, we down there in, in, in Lower Africa, you know what I'm saying, the new Black Wall Street, and uh, business owners, building owners. Uh, this is going to be a, 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 a very, very important place for the community to get uh, African custom and traditions and just to understand. And what we're going to do is we want the community to at least have an option of seeing the world through their ancestors. One of the most important things that you can do for yourself is to begin to see the world through the eyes of your ancestors, to be able to feel the pain. That's what the kidnapping trade did. It disconnected us from the pain of our ancestors. It disconnected us from the vision from the know-how, from the understanding of our ancestors. That's what the kidnapping trade did. It officially cut all that off. You know, we talk about, well, it, it took our gods away. That's not what it took away, right? It took away the pain and understanding of the things that we went through. If you do not understand the things that you went through, you will surely go back through those things again.
So, so, so the cultural center and bookstore, Black Dot, is a very, very important place. It's going to be a hub. So if you're in Atlanta and you don't stop through the cultural center and bookstore, you're out of order. Plain and simple. So this is going to be very, very important. We're going to have all types of books in there, rare books. Uh, it's going to be off the chain, man. And I'm really, really looking forward to it. We're going to have a media center. You know, you're here showing me what I need to get the thing together. I appreciate that. I mean, hopefully we can get Brother Kalanji through, you know what I'm saying, to teach some classes. You know, so it's, it, you know, it's very, very important, man, that people support that. So at the end of the day, man, it's about seeing the world through the eyes of your ancestors. It's about reconnecting back to that pain. And once you reconnect back to that pain, you don't want to go through that pain again. So you start to want to work towards things that will help you govern yourself. You will start to work towards things that will put you at least in some control, right, of the most important things that are vital to you, like, say, food, clothing, and shelter, right, and survivability. Now, before we wrap this up, man, I definitely want to give a shout out, man. We got my brother Kalanji Changa in the building, and he going to say a few words before we end it out. However, I got this book I'm holding in my hand. This book is called The Chronology of Human Evolution. I want you to tell me a little bit about this book. In fact, you know, me and you always be talking about this evolution thing, right? And um, in here, you ask... And answer some very profound questions. And I guess these are the most frequently asked questions. And the one that I always ask you is actually in here. But if, if yeah, if you can read that question and, and if you can, can you elaborate on that and tell people more about the book and where they can find it at? I'm gonna read it and you break it down for me. All right, now this book is called The Chronology of human evolution. And one of the questions is, who makes the claim that humans come from monkey? And the answer is, people who have not taken the time to study and understand human evolution. As a matter of fact, the claims for the most part starts with the religious zealots and creationists who fight against science with ignorance, not facts. Now, me and you earlier, we was building, we was in the car, we was talking, and you was going into some heavy science. If you remember, or can you reiterate some of the stuff that we talked about when we talked about, you know, evolution and whether it's a good thing or not, and why people are opposed to it, you know, the whole Darwin's theory type thing. Um, man, D Darwin's theory <laughs> uh, is not evolution. Most people don't know that. You can't explain the theory of evolution through Darwin's theory. D Darwin's theory was the, th the theory of, na of natural selection. That's not evolution. The point I want to make is uh, um, natural selection is a mechanism in evolution, but there's many mechanisms in evolution, like sexual selection, horizontal gene transfer, you know, and so forth, right? And so we was kind of talking about, well, why is evolution important, huh? You know, why is you bring that to the community, huh? Okay, the, the, the point I want to make is, is, is clear, right? That people like uh, John G. Jackson, Dr. Ben, John Henry Clark, okay, uh, uh, those who are involved in serious study, right, they wrote on the topic of evolution. Shikanti Diops, okay, they, they all were evolutionists. They dealt with the Egyptian, the Nile Valley Africans. They give you the first symbol of evolution, Kepita, means to transform, to evolve, right? So we said, well, if we're going to build a strong community, right, the community has to understand evolution. That was our conversation, right? 
So, so why is evolution important to the black community? We are surrounded by pathogens and viruses that want to kill us. But those pathogens and viruses, they transform and evolve over time in their environment. As a matter of fact, viruses transform very quickly. So I gave the example of having 10 roaches. And we spray bug spray poison on the 10 roaches, right? And only seven of them, seven of them die and the three go off and have more babies. So when you go spray them, them roaches that survived again, right? That same poison is not going to kill those roaches. Well, why not? Because they have transformed and evolved and they, and they became immune to the poisons. So the viruses that we fight against will get immune to the antibodies that we put on them. It's easy. So if you do not understand evolution, the community will get sick and die. It is essential for African people, right, to survive in their community is to understand evolution. Because we can go back to Nubia real quick. With these Nubians, right, they develop penicillin. I talked about it in the lecture. Tetracycline, penicillin. And obviously they had to understand evolution and these pharm uh, pharmaceuticals, these pharmaceutical plants that they was had, these pharmaceutical breweries that they had, right? Because the antibodies will not consistently work on viruses that have transformed. And so those who was making um, penicillin and tetracycline back in Nubia at about 350 AD had to understand evolution because they said they used it in the population for about two, 300 years. Do you know how fast viruses and bacteria transform? Viruses, viruses and bacteria transform in hours, in months, in weeks. So these Africans that gave rise to Kemet understood exactly what evolution was, and they show it in their medicine. So our medicine has to be evolutionary-minded. Thank you, brother. That is the real black atheist dropping that heat, giving us that work. Brother, I want to thank you for coming and being part of the Necessary Blackness podcast. For those that are interested in purchasing books and checking out the Black Dot Cultural Center and Bookstore, the physical address is 6984 Main Street, Lithonia, Georgia, 30058. And the phone number is 678. 557-2927. Make sure you check them out and support black businesses. Brother Ankh, uh, let everybody know where they can contact you at on your social media and give us some last closing words. Yeah, so, you know, we created, um, it ain't in the talk, you know what I'm saying? It's in the walk. So we created a shoe company, Abju Wear. Okay, uh, Niggas Footwear is a parent company. So out of that, right, we developed Abju Wear. Uh, Abju is the indigenous name for Abydos. Now, Abydos is very, very important. Why is it important? Because this is where you find the oldest trading seals. This is where you find the oldest form of writing. So the oldest form of writing didn't have nothing to do with religion. The oldest form of writing had something to do with trade and commerce. And so we built a company that's based off of trade and commerce and will give back to the community. And so, you know, we got affiliate programs, right? Uh, we got wholesale opportunities and we're giving the community shoes. It's very, very important. So you can go to abdjuweaar.com that's abjuwear.com okay uh get with this uh it's important and if you if, if you're if you're wanting to fight against the oppression you cannot support your oppression black african power and Amara squad up that's right you heard it here first necessary blackness podcast and we got our brother 
Ankh in the house. We got my man Kalanji Changa, man. Yo, come here, man. Say a few words. Hey, man. What up? What up? It's Kalanji Changa right here. Um, you know what I mean? Top 10 in the movement, the other nine of my family members. Blah, how y'all feel? Um, I just stepped up in the building, checking out what uh, my man Ankh from the Amarad Squad talking about and Raheem Shabazz on this Necessary uh, Blackness podcast. You know what I mean? So I got to give my disclaimer because I don't know what these cats are talking about before I got up there in case they saying some wild shit or they run up on me talking about what they was talking about. You was there. You know what I mean? Let me clear the air on that. You know what I mean? I ain't making no excuses for nobody. I'm just saying, if I'm a co-sign, I got co-sign about what it was popping. You know what I mean? But anyway, I know they just dropping jewels. Um, my man Aunt mentioned a few few minutes ago, he's talking about viruses and how they become immune to uh, to to certain, um, uh, uh, what do you call that, solutions and medicines, so on and so forth. And, you know, I would just want to remind y'all that the European is most definitely a virus. You know what I mean? And we can't keep using the same medicine and the same tools that we've been trying to defeat them for the last four or five hundred years. You know what I mean? We got to come with some new improved methods. You know what I mean? So um, I want to remind y'all that, you know what I mean? You got to become an antivirus because these suckers right here, they running wild. And don't be distracted about what uh, and these Uncle Toms and, and, and Uncle Dons and all them, the Trumps and the Gumps and all them doing. Cause you know what I'm saying that's that's the sidetracking of the slave. What's really popping right now? You gotta know what you're doing, and what you need to be doing is getting down with some of that urban preparedness and survival. You know what I mean? Because of the fact that that's what's really happening. All that other shit is bullshit. Indeed, we better know where we come from in order for us to know where we're going. You know what I mean? It's Kalanji Jamachanga. They used to call me the riot starter. Now I'm just a, 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 a stone cold abolitionist. You know what I mean? And when I ain't studying. I'm going to take that, that word from a man right here. When I ain't reading up on some Dr. Bobby E. Wright, you know what I mean? Or when I ain't getting down with some Shake Auntie Joke or some Theophila Banger, you know what I mean? Or some uh, uh, Kwame Torre, you know what I mean? Because we got to go on both sides of the joint. You know what I mean? Some Daruba Ben Wahad, you know what I mean? Some Sekou Odinga. You can catch me at the range getting that aim up, you know what I mean? Or you can catch me in the fields with the African Martial Arts Institute. Or you might can catch me here, Necessary Blackness Podcast. I'm in Raw Squad Up. I just said that for y'all, you know what I mean? Special uninvited guests, I'm in the building. Peace and power, black family. This is your host, Raheem Shabazz, and we out of here. And that was an episode of Necessary Blackness Podcast. And I'll see you next week, same place, same time. Peace. I'm a rock squad up, Magi archers in the building, please believe. Oh shit. Nah. If you ain't Sinetta, no time for that interview, dog. I put my shit out for niggas, I don't send it to blogs. Clan kill off the Buddha, not being discreet. One puff this big pops and projectiles. Between the sheets. Sun run, cold game, bring your cleats. The best flow blow, Eskimo, penguin feet. Don't need no blunt to burn. You run the turf with 10 niggas on the block. That's a punk return. Ayo, Dolomite prototype, soldier with the solar light. Saber and he hold it like he hold a mic. Golden ice pendants. Sipping on that overpriced poltergeist spirits. Ripping at the open mic, spoke the nice lyrics like Mama moves mean overnight, golden motorbike holding on some trying shit That nice neon kit is on it The king's libation with exotic liqueur The queen's vibration like a side of Shakur A lot of the poor imported foreign threads they ain't got at the store Nubian Kush and Black Top